Hi, this is Nancy Herald, and welcome to my show, High Road to Humanity. In every episode, I tell you powerful true stories filled with great wisdom that you can use in your own life as you strive for a higher road to travel. My featured guests will have their own unique stories to tell that enlighten your mind and your soul. So kick back, relax, and learn the secret to success when you take the high road. Hi, this is Nancy Yarrell, and welcome to High Road to Humanity. And I have a lovely lady here today. She's back, Ann J. Clark. She's a PhD, and she's an RN. And welcome back to High Road to Humanity, Ann. Thank you for having me. I'm excited you're here. You know, she's written a really cool book. It's called Healing from Great Loss. And I don't have a copy, but she's got one there. And she's going to hold it up. If you're watching us on TV today, there it is. Healing from Great Loss, Facing Pain and Grief to Recover Your Authentic Self. And so this is what we're going to be talking about today. This book offers a path to healing so you can set a new course for your life after enduring a great loss. And, you know, there's a lot of people who have gone through losses recently. So this is really relevant right now. Um, she says, revealing that we are souls who have incarnated here on earth to learn and grow toward enlightenment. Author Anne J. Clark shares dozens of stories that illustrate how you cope with grief reconnect to your inner self, work through guilt, receive assistance from the spiritual realm. And a great loss is the soul's invitation to return to the purpose we have set for this life after we have lost our way. Whether you have lost a loved one, a relationship, a job, or a sense of security, healing from great loss will inspire you to cultivate a renewed sense of confidence and purpose. And so since it's been out, have you gotten, you know, any great stories or have you, has it healed or, or what have you, what's been the, the response? I've heard from many people. Okay. Many people have told me their stories of loss. We're living in a time of unprecedented loss, mm -hmm. loss of loved ones, loss of careers, loss of home, divorces, yeah. health, great loss. Yeah, that's true. Before we get into it, I just want to say, um, Anne Clark is a PhD in RN. She's a retired professor. Um, she's now practicing spiritual hypnotherapy and um, at the Michael Newton Institute. Um, Life Between Lives facilitator. She's a soul advocate. Her work has led her to look for the gift in life's difficult and challenging experiences. And the unexpected loss of her daughter was the um, impetus behind healing from great loss. So that was why she decided to write this book. And, and you know, what do you want to tell the audience? I mean, first of all, when someone passes, you know, I think our society, I'll just say this, and we probably talked about it before, but it's a nice way to just open. We haven't, we don't accept death. It's like we pretend it doesn't happen. <laughs> Do you we know have, what I mean? It's true. It's really interesting, isn't it? We have a hard time accepting death. Yeah. The reason I entitled my book, Great Loss, is I believe there's a special kind of loss that affects us much more deeply and for a longer time period than other types of losses. Okay. This wasn't the first loss I'd had in my life. I'd lost my mother, my younger brother, and gone through a divorce. And those were all painful losses. But losing my daughter was much more significant in terms of a loss. It affected my life much more in a much more difficult way. It took me longer mm -hmm. from it. And it simply was a greater loss. The reason for that is my daughter was very central to who I am, mm. to my role as a mother. Yes, I have a professional role, but the thing that was most important to me in life was being a mother. Yeah. And if someone were to ask me, what's the very worst thing that could ever happen to you? It would be to lose my daughter. I was devastated when that loss occurred, notwithstanding the fact that I'm a nurse, that I've counseled many people through loss. I'm a Newton Institute life between life facilitator, and I help many 
people deal with grief. None of that helped me when I faced this great loss. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, it's, but then it kind of changed probably how you look at things and how you help people once you went through what you went through. Yes. Once I found the path to healing, this is not a book I ever intended to write. Okay. I, I really basically wish I never had the experience to be able to write a book like this. But once I had gone through the process, Mm -hmm. After I passed through the initial stages of grieving, my background did kick in and help me achieve the healing that I needed to heal. And I can honestly say now that life can be better than ever, even after experiencing a loss that is more devastating than anything we can imagine. Yeah, the loss of a child is a huge thing. And I I don't even know what I would do if I lost one of my kids. You know, that was it's it's gotta be difficult. You know, um even though you knew, you know, and you're spiritual and you know uh she's in another realm and she's watching over you. I mean, are you do you communicate or anything like that or yes, absolutely. I did know all about death. Mm-hmm. I did know that she was going to the spiritual realm right. as souls. That's where we come from when we're born. It's where we return right. when we die. I knew she was there. I also knew that she was happy and doing fine. It was actually me yeah. who wasn't doing so well. But right. one of the great things that happened in my recovery is I learned to communicate with her, to have actual conversations with her. I always knew that that was possible, but I guess there was a little part of my mind that that thought, oh, it can't be that real. It can't be that satisfying. But let me tell you, it is. And it is possible to learn to do just that. Yes. I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but I, I, I can't remember. Do you meditate and get messages or do you journal and get messages or how do you receive your messages from her? I outline in my book the exact method that I used. I actually used a method that was developed by uh, Dr. Craig Hogan, who is head of the Afterlife Society. I went through that method initially and was very successful in developing communication with her. Now it's very easy for me to do so. I can do so just by thinking about her in a quiet place. So meditation works, journaling works, or just simply wanting to to communicate works. I outline a method in my book for how to get started. And then once you're started, you'll develop your own means. Yeah, that's true. I think it's it's wonderful that you've done this because uh, now I... I can only tell you I'm intuitive and I know when my dad's around, I know when my sister's around, you know, like I'll get the song in my head from my sister or I'll just feel her and I'll know she's here, you know, or I can just know it's, I just have that knowing, you know, but I'll know it'll be something that's triggered, you know, whether it's a song, whether it's uh, something we used to do together and then, you know, he's around. It's interesting how they pop in and out, isn't it? Yes. And they can leave us many signs to let us know that they're, Uh, you might smell an aroma. Right. Fortunately, my daughter smoked. I was trying to get her to stop as a nurse. I was really Mm -hmm. not wanting her to do that. I smelled smoke. I knew early on that that was her. Others have more pleasant aromas, like the perfume or the person like. But then feathers, you can coins in unexpected places. You can suddenly hear or see their name in some unexpected place. Yes, I do that all the time. I see my dad's name on television. And his name was, was Newton, which is so rare. And I'll be watching the show and it'll be right there. And it happens quite often. Yes. It's interesting, isn't it? We find from life between life sessions, and that is a situation in which we're able to guide the person through hypnotic trance mm. to the spirit realm that they tell us when they're describing a past life that when they died, the first thing they did 
was come to their loved ones and try to comfort them. So for those of you who've lost someone, if you feel they're around you, you're right. They are. They're there. They're trying to comfort you. Right. Because they're in a better place than we are. Yes. And they want us to be happy. They do. And they, and there's a lot, of, I can feel my mom around a lot. I'll just bring this up because, you know, uh, but we didn't have a really great relationship, but I feel like she's around trying to make amends. Yes. Yeah. And that's interesting. And I actually know that I, I can sense that. And I've even said, you know, I hold no ill will, you know, I forgive you. It's fine. Um, just to ease her mind so she can move on, you know? Yes. And that's kind of what it's about, isn't it? So we can all just kind of evolve. Yes, it really is. And I've done many sessions with people, uh, Life Between Lives sessions, where we've talked about their existence after they've died in a previous life and when they're in the spirit realm. And what we find is once they're in the spirit realm, they've forgotten about everything that might have bothered them before that they might have been angry about or upset about or who they didn't get along. The spirit realm is a place of love, peace, forgiveness. And so those of you who worry that the last interaction you had with a loved one was an angry one, don't worry about it. All they remember is how they loved you. Right, exactly. Well, you guys, we got to go to commercial break. We're going to do the podcast today. And if you want to listen to the podcast, you can hear it on Spotify. You can hear it on Toginet Radio. It's on Apple Podcasts and it's on iHeartRadio. I'm here today with Ann Clark. She's a PhD. She's an RN. And we're talking about healing from great loss. This is Nancy Earl. This is High Road to Humanity. We'll be right back. Hang on, we have more stories to tell on High Road to Humanity. Check out Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to book a session with Nancy to learn how to tap into your own abilities. Hi, this is Nancy Yearout, and I have some very exciting news to share with you. High Road to Humanity can now be found on Apple TV and Roku. I've signed on with Healing Within TV, and this is where you'll find my channel, High Road to Humanity. This platform offers live interaction, so you'll be able to ask questions and call in when we go live. I just want to thank everyone for supporting the show all these years, and I will see you on the high road. God bless. Hey, this is Nancy Yerald, and I have exciting news for all of my High Road to Humanity listeners. You can now stream over 300 plus High Road to Humanity shows on Healing Within TV. My channel is High Road to Humanity. I would love for you to visit my new channel, so I'm waiving the subscription fee of $3.99 per month beginning June 7th, 2022 through July 7th, 2022, so you can access all of your favorite episodes. Just go to highroadtohumanity.com or visit Apple TV or Roku. Click on Hailing Within TV and find High Road to Humanity. Now you just need to enter the promo code and it's Nancy's Code. So that's N-A-N-C-Y-S Code, C-O-D-E, Nancy's Code. Put that in and you've got 30 days free on my new channel. And this is my gift to you. Thank you so much and God bless. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to the High Road. Let's hit the 
Hi, this is Nancy Hill. This is High Road to Humanity, and I'm back here today with Ann Clark, and we're talking about loss, and, and I'm really glad you're here. Um, we were saying on the break, there's so much loss right now, and, um, you know, people have to, I don't know, this is what I think, I want to know your opinion. I guess the more, the closer I've gotten to God, I'm not afraid to die, because I know, even though when you lose somebody, it's really hard like for example when my father died it was almost like a blessing because he was so miserable he was old he couldn't walk he was not of good health and you know it was time and sometimes it's like a blessing and I was actually happy for him I know that may sound strange um but I knew he was going to be in a better place and then I saw him go when he was young and it was really cool so talk about this a little bit because there is a it is a positive really you know well first of all let me say death is not random our soul decides when we die. We do have certain exit points that we planned in our lifetimes. Mm-hmm. And we die when our soul determines it's time to go back home. So recently we've just had more mass shootings. Yeah. Those who died in that, in those mass shootings, their souls decided it was time for them to go home. Even though they were children, they still had that exit point, huh? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And often deaths such as those have a mission behind them. And that is perhaps, perhaps for them, it was to be a turning point in our relations uh, with gun violence. Yeah, well, and mental health. There's so much mental health in in our society. It's almost like, I want to bring this up because you are an RN and you're pretty sharp. So I want to ask you and talk to you about this a minute. You know, what I can remember as a kid, and I'm not an expert by any means, but I remember being a kid and we had um, places for the mentally ill. And then as I got older, they were all abandoned and the mentally ill were not in the homes anymore. And they were all just boarded up. What happened here? We had, know. Change, we had a change of heart on how we dealt with mental illness. Okay. Those that have been in institutions for years, when they closed, were simply us, in some cases, let out into the streets. Right. And so we had more homelessness. Right. And we had more difficulties with mental illness in the population. Right. And I just wonder why they closed them. I wonder what that was about. Like why all of a sudden, because here's what I think. I don't know. I'm not, I don't have all the answers, but I do feel like we need to build facilities for people who need specific care. Yes. Yes. And why are we not doing that? Because this guy, and I don't want to get into a whole thing, but, you know, the guy who obviously shot the people in Buffalo and the people who, the guy who shot the children in Texas, I mean, all of this, these were mentally ill people. Obviously, they weren't sane. They weren't in the right frame of mind to do something like this. So, you know, you, at this point, to me, it seems like, why has our society, and I know you don't have all the answers either, Anne, not gone this route where we take care? I feel like we don't take care of our own. Yes, I think that's very true. And I'm going to make a segue on this back to the book by saying that so many of us don't take care of ourselves as mm-hmm. well as we should. And that was one of my problems, being very busy professionally. I really probably hadn't taken the time to really take care of myself. And it wasn't until I dealt with this loss that I learned I really did need to practice more self-care. I agree. That's true of all of us. You're absolutely right. I went through a divorce a couple of years ago. It was like, it was like a death, just like you talk about. It was the most horrible thing. And it took me, a long time to get over it. And I realized in that process that I hadn't, I was taking care of everybody else but me. Yes. Yeah. So I, I agree with you completely. And now I make a conscious effort. I'm sure you do as well. I make a conscious effort to do for me and to say no when I can't do yeah. something. That was one of my big things. I had a hard time saying no to other people. I always, I was a people pleaser, which I still am. <laughs> But I'm getting better. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Yes, it absolutely is. Mm -hmm. 
that brings me to another point from my book. And that is there's always a gift in a loss. Right. And that gift is we learn something about ourselves and we grow. We learn one of the lessons that we perhaps planned before we came here that we wanted to learn. That was the gift. So what did you learn from your from your experience? From this loss was that I'm what people would call a fixer or a helper. I love to help people. Mm-hmm. Part of why I went into nursing. Right. And I'm, I just like to help people in all aspects of my life. I had learned professionally, though, not to help people past the point where they should be helping themselves. Right. Or past the point that it would drain me to keep helping them. However, in my intimate relationships, like the one with my daughter, mm-hmm. I still had that to learn. My daughter had a very unfortunate incident. She was raped, robbed, and left for dead. Right. And I remember. You were on the show. And you guys, let me just stop a second. If you want to go back and watch our first show together, um, it was a few months ago. You can. She tells this story. And I don't know if you want to tell the story now, but we talked about that. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> and it wasn't just uh, that it was a horrible experience. It was that she seemed so broken to me. And she wasn't recovering as well as I hoped that she would. Mm-hmm. So I brought her home to live with me. And somewhere along the way, my helping behavior crossed over the line. Oh. I helped her when she should have been helping herself. Okay. And I became more and more drained. So when I actually lost her, I was just completely drained. I hadn't been participating in self-care for a very long time. Wow. And it changed you in that respect. And then you realized what, what made you start to take care of yourself again? One of my big solutions after a loss has always been to jump right back into being work. Busy. Yeah. And it helped for a while. I took on this big project that came along several months after Stephanie's death. And for a while, it did make me feel better because I was just so busy. But then I realized I was tired and even more sad than usual. So that made me decide to pull out of that project the time and really try to heal. And I did that through what I describe in my book as extreme self-care. Yeah. And give us just a few things that you did. I mean, did you go get a massage? Did you take more baths? Did you, what did you do? I did. One of the big things I did was allow myself to rest more. I've always been one of these busy, busy, busy people. And so the first thing I did was allow more time, free time for resting, reflecting, and just being with myself. One of the big things for me is I used to be one of the people who jumped up and was at my day. Yeah. (laughs) I developed the habit of taking time in the morning, um, awakening more slowly, Mm -hmm. enjoying having a cup of coffee, writing in my journal, spending some time in meditation or thinking about what was going on with me, what was happening. And I've come to really enjoy that time. The second time I built in this special time was at night. The last thing I do at night when the house is completely quiet, no one's still walking around quiet. I turn off the lights and I sit in my very favorite stuffed chair in the living room. And I started doing that just sitting there, spending time with myself. Mm. But after a while, what started happening is I started getting in touch with my inner self, my inner guidance. At first, I kept having all these thoughts about my well-being and about what I could do to take care of myself even better. And I thought, well, that's just me. Yeah. Things to feel better. Right. Later on, thoughts started coming through about what I should do about this thing. Or why don't I try 
something new. Mm -hmm. And it occurred to me, I am allowing a channel for my inner guidance to come through. Thank you for that. Because I uh, I do it in the morning and it's changed my life. Exactly like you said, I get up and I enjoy my cup of coffee and I write journal and I do my prayers and all that, but I don't do the thing at night. And you know, because you're connecting with your higher self and you do get those answers that you're looking for. And, um, you know, I think it's just quieting the mind and not looking at your phone and not, you know what I mean? There's so many distractions. And when you do that, so that's been a big change for you. That's changed you. Yes. Wow. All right. We're going to go to another break, you guys. I'm here today with Ann Clark. She's a PhD. She's an RN. This is Nancy Earl. This is High Road to Humanity, and we will be right back. Hang on. We have more stories to tell on High Road to Humanity. Check out Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to book your first 30-minute coaching session for free to get you on your high road. Help me, Toginet. You're my only hope. I want to start a podcast, but I simply don't have time. How do I take care of the details? Editing? Contacting guests? Where do I put it so that people can listen in? Fear not. The podcasting wizards here at Toginet can take care of all of the details because we provide full-service podcasting for all of our hosts so that you can focus on your message. We even build you a webpage that you can edit. And we send your podcast out to Spotify and iTunes so that your message is easy to find. Wow, you can do all of that? You've magically cured my anxiety. Where do I sign up? You can find all of our packages on our website, toginet.com. That's T-O-G-I-N-E-T dot com. If you would like to talk to one of us, call us at 903 787 5880 or email us at staff at toginetradio.com. We will be right back on High Road to Humanity. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or download directly from Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, so you never miss an episode of The High Road. Hi, this is Nancy. You're out. This is High Road to Humanity. I'm back here with Ann Clark, and she's an RN, and she has a wonderful book out. Her book is, uh, and I don't have it here, but she's got it, Healing from Great Loss. I had it at one point. You guys, I've got too many books. (laughs) I'm so glad she's back here. I asked her to come back because we had such a wonderful conversation the first time you were here. And you're so knowledgeable and you're so helpful um, when it comes to people who have had a great loss. And like you said, it could be divorce. It doesn't have to be death. It could be anything um, that really changes our life, right? That's absolutely right. Even things that we think aren't that great a loss might be for us. It could be even something like losing your home, financial yeah. disaster. Right having to change careers, dropping out of uh, an organization or, or a project that was very important to you. All of those are losses. Yeah, and we have to look at it as a loss because it does affect us psychologically. Very definitely. It affects us psychologically, physically, and spiritually. In the two to six years following a loss, you're much more likely to have an accident or develop an illness. Yes. It's really important to be careful and to watch your health. You know, I want to address that real quick because I had that happen. Um, and I, I'll talk about the energy if, if you don't mind. You know, we're energetic souls. And when I went through my divorce, my energy just was all out of whack. And it just, I just rattled me. I think it just rattled me. And um, it just rattles your soul sometimes when you have things happen. But what happens is then, you know, you're so rattled and your energy's out of whack and then your immunity system is down. And then you tend to start to, you know, pick up all kinds of stuff. And I went through that and I don't know, did you go through that where I had been sick a lot? Absolutely. That's very common. Mm -hmm. And if you have a chronic illness, it will be 
accepted during this period. Uh, Yes, that's absolutely true. Mm -hmm. Psychologically, we feel a lot more anxiety, and it's just a difficult time. But one Mm -hmm. of the things that surprised me is how great the fatigue was. Yes. Loss and how long it persisted. It was a very long time before the fatigue that I felt dissipated. It takes a tremendous amount of physical, mental, um, and spiritual. Spiritual, yeah. To deal with the loss. Yeah. And I will say, even though I was like so connected with the divine, I became more connected and more connected and more connected. The more I did this, it's like anything else, you know, you do it every day, but that didn't stop a lot of this, um, you know, um, I don't want to say disease, but, you know, um, unhealthy things happened. And, you know, I think that, um, how can I say this exercise, diet, you know, um, I want to say even affirmations because I've done a lot of affirmations. Talk about, do you do that, Anne? And that has really helped me address that if you would, because I'm big on that. (laughs) Yes. I think all of the things you said, what we eat, how much we sleep and rest, how we exercise and affirmations can really help us. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to take a jump from affirmations to say that it's important to start developing at some point the idea of what you would like your life to be like in the future. Because one of the things that happens to us as we're going through a loss is afterwards we have what I would call defining moments. Those are those times when some kind of a fork in the road occurs, some kind of choice. The big ones are in our life, of course, are when we decide what education to get, who to marry, what job to take. But the choices that come after we've experienced a great loss are smaller ones, but they nonetheless add up and lead us in one direction or another. And we don't know when a defining moment is coming, and we usually have to react to them in a split second. So we don't know when they're coming, but we can report we can prepare for them. And we do this by having in our heads an idea of what we want our life to be like in the future. Then when a defining moment comes, we can decide on the basis of that vision and it will lead Mm -hmm. us in the right direction. Right. And, you know, I'm going to go take a little further. Then you put your affirmations about what you want. And that's kind of what I've been doing. You know, I've always wanted to get the show on TV. And that was one of my affirmations. Yes. That high road to humanity, get to the masses so that everyone can hear the stories that we tell. And it's happened, you guys. And I just feel, you know, I got goosebumps now, but it's taken me a couple of years. And that was you know, my vision, it's like, what do you do now? And tell me what your vision was when you, what was yeah. your vision? Absolutely. The book? Was it the book your vision? Yes. The vision yeah. was, I've learned some things that can actually help with grief. Right. I'd like to get this out to other people. And it was during one of my nightly sessions that the idea popped up. Why don't you write a book? When you were sitting in the chair. Yes. I love it. You guys, it's so important. I know it sounds so weird, but you know, and I get that I do my cards all the time. I do angel cards and I do Oracle cards and I'll pull them in the morning. And one of the ones I keep getting is to sit by my, sit and quiet my mind. And because what happens is we get caught up in our day and we don't do it. And that is the best time. And I, I'm going to reiterate this to get those messages to get that information because when you're busy and your phone's going and you're doing all this stuff, it's almost like, I don't know, society wants to distract us. We have TikTok, we have Facebook, we have Instagram, we got the Johnny Depp trial going on. (laughs) It's all kinds of stuff going on in the world. There's a war, there's shootings, there's all kinds of stuff. And it's really, you have to stay centered because if you pay attention to all these distractions, I mean, it affects you energetically. Physically, mentally. What do you think about that, Anne? Absolutely. And I think one of the traps that we need to try to avoid after we've had a great loss is allowing ourselves to be so distracted 
by things such as TV Mm -hmm. or phones, by social media, and so distracted that we don't take the time to really do the self-searching that we need to after a loss to help us heal. Yeah. Well, it's almost like, and I can just speak for myself and you can say what, what you feel, but I can just, uh, the first, when I first moved back to my house and I, I just would watch TV for a while at night and I would, I would just zone out. That was my way. And it's almost like you're in a state of depression and you don't, you know what I mean? So you kind of zone out. Did you do that too? Yes, absolutely. I really had to watch that. Yeah. up in the internet and Mm -hmm. take me uh, away for hours Mm -hmm. to be aware of that and limit that time and spend the time feeling our feelings they're not going to go away i know cover them over but they're still there and they affect us and then when we least expect it they come spilling out in a way that we might not have chosen right more aware of them yeah, I want to talk about nature a little bit. Um, getting outside has yes. really been a big help. Now, I'll go out and drink my coffee outside in the morning now because it's nice enough. But just getting outside, did that help you? And I think that's a good thing Absolutely. for people. Yeah. Yes. There are many ways we can get in touch with our inner guidance. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this is not one size fits all. Each of us who experiences a loss we'll need a different way to recover. And the way we find what our way is, is through connecting with our inner guidance. And one of the best places to do that is when we're out surrounded by nature. I think so too. I mean, yeah, just, you know, and if you guys, if you can go outside and sit in the morning or in the evening, actually, you know, and just, you know, sit listen to the birds it's amazing you know listen to everything that's going on out there and I don't know it's very calming and um, I believe of course I'm big on energy and I believe just the energy of the earth itself is so healing to our bodies yes absolutely it is I think listening to music oh yeah uh, finding soulful music that really moves you to a place where you connect with your inner being is a wonderful way to get in touch. Yes. And I agree. I believe healing. We're going to heal with, with sound. We're going to heal with music. I really believe in the vibration. All right. We've got one more segment, you guys, we're going to go to commercial break. I'm here today with Ann J. Clark. And how do people get in touch with you if they want to find you? www.birminghamhypnosis.com or hypno H Y P N O. Ann Clark, A-N-N-C-L-A-R-K at gmail.com. Okay. Maybe we'll talk some more about hypnosis when we come back. This is Nancy Earl. This is High Road to Humanity. We'll be right back. Hang on. We have more stories to tell on High Road to Humanity. Check out Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to book your first 30 minutes coaching session for free to get you on your high road. Do you feel like something is missing in your life? Do you feel lost or alone? Do the things you buy for yourself lose their luster quickly? Are you searching for fulfillment within your heart and soul? What if you were given the ability to change your life for the better? To create what you want for yourself? What if I told you you have the ability to tap into the universal energy to design the life you desire? This was my discovery many years ago. As a businesswoman and a single mom, I had no choice but to pay attention to what the universe was revealing to me, and I learned how to use it for my benefit. When you wake up and pay attention to the messages that the universe is showing you, your life will change for the better. Because we all hold the ability to tap into the universal energy to enhance our love life, our career, our finances, anything you wish. This energy was created for our use, and it's free. Now, I'm excited to share this information with you in my book, Wake Up, The Universe is Speaking to You. It's available to you on my website at www.nancyyearout.com. That's N-A-N-C-Y-Y-E-A-R-O-U-T.com, Barnes & Noble, and Amazon. 
and thanks for picking up my book. And may the energy of the universe bless you. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to the High Road. Hi, this is Nancy Earl. This is High Road to Humanity. I'm back here with Ann Clark. I'm so glad that she joined us today. And you're a hypnotherapist and you do past life regressions. I, I should have a past life regression with you. <laughs> so... Oh, we should do it. We should do it again. Um, talk a little bit about past life regressions. I'm just, I, I'm sure the audience is curious. I've had different people. I've had the past life lady on. Um, I've had a lot of people talk about it. But how did you get into it? Why did you start doing that hypnosis? First of all, I'm a, a Reiki master. Oh. And uh, that is a, a, an energy treatment. And I was working on a client one day who had persistent back pain every some several months that no one could figure out. Uh, he'd had every medical procedure. They'd ha- not been able to find anything wrong. Right. But surprisingly, Reiki helped him. One day during a Reiki session, he started talking about being on a horse in a fight. At first, I thought he was just very relaxed and talking about a movie he'd seen, but he kept going on and on. And I thought, well, I'm just going to follow up on this a little bit. Yeah. So I asked him uh, to tell me more about what was happening. Mm-hmm. Seems it was in medieval times. He was on a horse. He yeah. was carrying a wooden lance. And he was being pursued in battle. He'd been separated from the rest of his group, and he was being chased by the enemy. Someone knocked him off uh, his horse onto a jagged pile of rocks. He broke his back. He was left there to die alone. No one ever found him. And he died in great pain on that pile of rocks. Well, I hadn't yet taken training in past life regression. Well, it's a good thing that that's in the past. And this time you were born with a nice, healthy back that doesn't have any pain. And believe it or not, he never had any pain after that period. He needed you to say that. And I want to stop. It's the energy of her words, you guys, that changed it, isn't it? Yes. It's that what you said. You know, when Jesus talked about that in the Bible, our words have power and it's the power of your words. Wow. So that was the beginning. Yes. And that spurred me on to get training. I've now done, well, I don't know. I stopped counting when I'd done 5,000. Oh my gosh. And seriously, you've done 5,000 past, reg- past life regressions. I've been doing it since 2007. I'm going to get one. <laughs> Although and I know who I was. One of the things uh, in that time, I've never had even one person where the past life regression did not apply directly to their current life. Right. Now, do you do them on Zoom? Yes. Okay, because I do readings on Zoom and it's fine. And I can do healings on Zoom. And it's, isn't that interesting that we can do that? I didn't, but the pandemic forced, forced us. Right, and it worked. Do you have, uh, so since you've been, I, I'm just amazed by 5,000 past life regressions. What have you learned? What has been the biggest thing that you've learned from taking people back? What I've learned is that our unconscious our higher self that we carry within is always working to help us learn, grow, and be happy. And so during a past life regression, when we go to a certain past life, when we're finished with reviewing that life and we've gone through the death in that life, I will ask, why did your unconscious take you back to that life? What did it want you to see or hear that would help you currently? And I also ask, what did you learn in that life? And what was it that you weren't able to get to that is is left unfinished that you're trying to accomplish in this life? In this life, yeah. Interesting. And that's where it lies because your higher self knows to take you back to that point. 
Yes. To help you move forward in this lifetime. Yes. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Can you tell us a couple more stories about different people that you've taken well, back? And Since I have had my, the, my own loss of a child, mm-hmm. I have been working with many people who've lost children. Okay. And one of the things that I find is when we're doing something like a past life regression, and especially a life between lives regression is when we go back to the spirit world in between these lives, right. our loved ones are near. And they're there. So what I've started doing is, in the case of parents who've lost children, is inviting the child that they've lost to come into our session and join us. Okay. And so often during these sessions, uh, my clients are able to make contact with their lost loved one. Or I also ask if there's anyone in the spirit realm who would like to come and say hello right. or offer some advice. And so often they come forward as well. You get that as well. I love it. That's so fantastic. This must be rewarding for you. Uh, it It is rewarding. Yes, very much so. Now, is it draining when you, I always think about Edgar Casey. Of course, he was running everything through himself. He was a medium. Do you, because I get drained. I can only do so many psychic readings and I have to be careful do you have that too? Yes. Mm-hmm. In the case of Reiki, we're replenished while we're doing it. Right. But with past life regression and life between life sessions, <clears throat> it is draining. So I yeah. limit the numbers. Yeah, because that's really what happened to Edgar Casey. Is he he overdid it? He was trying to help so many people that he hurt himself. No self care. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, and God bless him for what he did for everybody, but. You know, it's it it taught us something, I think, yes. about this. Now, if we've got about six minutes or so left, but is there another story that you want to tell that's really uh I love the one about the horse and the man. I, that was interesting. Yes. Well, in many cases, there will be a physical manifestation okay. of something that has occurred in a past life. And one of the most interesting ones was a woman who had this tick she called it, in her arm. And that is when she was in a moving car or even when she watched a scene in which someone was moving in a car on TV, her left arm would begin moving back and forth, like just swinging back and forth. And she could hardly stop it. How weird. And to many specialists trying to figure out what this was. Yeah, And she didn't come to me at all for that. She came for a past life regression. But during the past life regression, again, we were in one of the ancient times. And she was um, in a wagon uh, with with another uh, one of her friends. And they were carrying some vegetables into market. And when they got into the town, they realized that the town had been overrun by a rival tribe and fighting was going on. And as they tried to quickly get out of the town, they ran by some of the enemy. And as they went by, her arm was cut off. And she kept trying to move it, trying to see if it, it was still there. It was very dark at night by that time. And she could not find her arms so she kept moving it so that was the source of this tick as she called it oh weird and you told her that you know obviously she was whole in this life and yeah that's really crazy that we so let me ask you this why do you think i'm just curious now and you know a lot why do you think we carry this energetic stuff over with from one life to another because our learning as souls in coming to earth is cumulative. What we don't learn in one lifetime, we carry over and we attempt to learn it in a different way in the next life. There's a group of maybe uh, as many as a hundred, according to Dr. Newton, that we incarnate with from life to life. Right. And a group of small, a smaller group, maybe 10, that we frequently incarnate with. 
So someone who was our spouse in one life, right. maybe our child in another, and mm-hmm. or we might be their parent. Right. Yeah. And I agree with that. I mean, I think my daughter was my mother at one point. <laughs> you know, I think, uh, honestly, I, I kind of agree with that. But why the injury? Why would the injury carry forth? Well, um, it's a memory that's in our soul. And so, soul memory. My, my opinion on that is that it only carries forth if through discovering what it's all about, we can it's, learn that will help us. Okay. I got you. You guys, her book is Healing from Great Loss. And give everybody your information one more time before we get out of here today. www.birminghamhypnosis.com or at hypno, H-Y-P-N-O-A-N-N-C-L-A-R-K at gmail.com. Fantastic. Thanks for coming on. You're a wonderful guest. It's a pleasure to have you. And thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, you guys. Listen, if you want an angel reading, go to my website, go to nancyyourout.com, and I'll bring you some messages from the angelic realm, and I'll answer some questions for you. You guys, this is Nancy Yourout. I hope you have a terrific week. Everybody take care, and God bless. Please join me next week on the high road for more stories filled with wisdom, love, and hope for our future. You can find High Road to Humanity on Apple TV and on Roku under Healing Within TV. Have a blessed week and know by staying on the high road, you will make it to your destination. For a psychic empath reading, go to my website, nancyyearout.com, to book your date and time with me. I will deliver your message from the angels. God bless.